Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Hey everybody, this is Reuben Allison, and we are so glad to be back with you today on our Rooted Deep podcast. And we've been having these discussions over Jesus conversations, Mm -hmm. and this has been a lot of fun, Allie. I've really enjoyed looking through it and kind of remembering even some of the more familiar conversations that we all know. And uh, maybe we read through it quickly because we've we've heard about it um, or we recognize, you know, kind of we know what they're talking about. But getting in a little bit deeper in these conversations has really been um, I think it's really been fun. And, and it's helpful for me just to be reminded of some of the truths that that Jesus, these truth bombs that Jesus drops in people's lives. Yeah. You know, um, I think Jesus is so um, and we, we've used this word a lot, but so intentional in conversations. Uh, it seems like he's so in the moment. Um, he's there. He's focused. He's focused on the people that he's talking with. And he has very intentional conversations mm-hmm. and intentional things to say to them. And he's direct. Yeah. But he's direct in a way that is just laced with kindness and filled with yeah. compassion and love. And yet oftentimes can be stern. Right. Um, or direct, or, or just so pointed, you know, and when we unpack all the culture behind some of these conversations, we've realized some of these conversations uh, could have been really heated had mm-hmm. Jesus allowed them to be. And yeah. so instead, Jesus kind of turns turns the conversation around to the real need of the person that's sitting in front of him. And man, we can learn so much from these conversations. Now, today's conversation we're going to have is from one of my very favorite stories in all of scripture. Mm. We're going to uh, just take a, um, a stroll <laughs> uh, down the Sea of Tiberias today and sit on the shore with Peter and with Jesus and this discussion that happens after the resurrection. Yeah, it's a, and it's it's exciting to go back and and read and kind of like you said, put yourself in there into that scene and uh, and realize because I had I've had a picture in my head about this conversation and um and once I read it again, I was like, wait, there's some I'm noticing some things that I hadn't noticed before. Yeah. Um. So it appears that that Jesus obviously he's resurrected from the grave and based on John's description of mm-hmm. the of the story, um, as John kind of tells it in John 21, Jesus has already appeared to his disciples at other points. Okay. So this is not his first appearance to the disciples. Um, we also have an indication. Mark gives us a clue in that this is not his first conversation with Peter, um, that at somewhere along the lines, Jesus appeared. In fact, the Bible says in two places, he appeared first to Simon. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we know that at somewhere after uh, the garden moment, um, you know, he, he appears to Simon Peter in a conversation that is not given in scripture. We have no information about what all went down in this conversation. But if we remember back, which I think is vital to mm-hmm. setting the tone for this conversation, if we remember back to what Peter has gone through and what he must be feeling during this time that Jesus is in the grave, uh, because we know that Peter had this moment by a fire 
Jesus yeah. predicted it at what we call the last supper with the disciples. Yeah. He said, Peter, you're going to deny me before, you know, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. And sure enough, Peter, although he swore he wouldn't, he did. Um, so Peter is here and he's denied God by a fire. Um, he's looked up. He's locked eyes with Jesus in this moment of, I am mm -hmm. sure, um, overwhelming failure. Yeah. No. Intense shame. Yeah. It, yeah. Guilt, shame, uh, feeling this overwhelming failure. He flees and we really don't see or hear a lot from Peter again from that moment mm -hmm. uh, until we see him sprinting with John to the yeah. tomb. So we see him there. He's on a sprint to, to get to the tomb to find out, is Jesus there? They discover the body's not there. And then it grows quiet again. Yeah. And we've got, now we've got this moment. Um, and I love this moment because the Bible tells us that Jesus is, it's, it's apparently the disciples have been uh, at, at Simon Peter's instructions. He says, hey, I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. And, yeah. um, and they said to him, we're going with you. And so we've got, you know, we've got Thomas and Nathaniel and James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and some of the other disciples. And now these guys are like, hey, we're, we're, we're going fishing. Uh, well, that point, yeah, that point reminds me of just the disciples on the road to Emmaus. It's kind of like all this stuff happens. Yeah. They've heard things that have happened. They've been waiting for something mm -hmm. to happen. They had hoped something had happened. And then it's like, okay. And then they're just walking back to their village. And just like, um, mm -hmm. with Peter, he's just like, I just, I am, I'm just going to go fishing. I'm going to go back to, because we had maybe, maybe they were in that moment that they're kind of waiting for something to happen. And then, okay. Yeah. I, I guess back to the grind. And, and we saw that with the, with the disciples last week, that on the road to Emmaus, they were just going back to their village, not really understanding what was happening and what was going to happen. And so they just kind of have yeah. to go back to regular life. And so Peter goes back to exactly what he knows, which is I'm a fisherman. Yeah. And, and you know, I know for me personally in my life, there are things that I'm really passionate about, um, you know, that I enjoy doing. And when I, when I just need to punch out yeah. and get away, yeah. I will tend to default back to those things. Right. I will tend yeah. to, you know, and I'm just going to go do this. I'm just going to mm -hmm. go hang out here for a while. I'm just going to go. And I think for Peter, the ocean and fishing, uh, the sea, uh, being on a boat, um, it's not only what he grew up doing, yeah. it, it was probably, and it's what his life is, what his job was prior to follow, uh, becoming mm -hmm. a follower of Jesus. But I just think Peter probably felt like he was so disqualified to be a disciple. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe like you said, totally disillusioned. He had seen Jesus now. Um, he had heard what Jesus had said. Well, but probably so many questions lingering in his mind mm -hmm. about what is my role now? Where do I yeah. fit now? How is this all going to work out now? Uh, yeah. Where did Jesus go now? You know, <laughs> they, you know, he's, he's in the room one minute, right? And he vanishes the next, yeah. you know? And so here he is, he's in the boat. And as, as a stories that we have read before in scripture, they go all mm -hmm. night, they catch nothing, yeah. which for, which for a guy who's trying to get his mind off of something, <laughs> I mean, yeah. can you imagine? And I've been fishing. It. Yeah. I, I, this is the reason I know I'm not a fisherman. I actually like to fish, but I'm not a fisherman. And mm -hmm. I think the difference between a person who likes to fish and a fisherman is 
A person who likes to fish needs to catch fish in order to stay out there. A fisherman will stay out there all day, whether they catch or exactly. not, um, because they, you know. Yeah. But here's Peter. He's been on a boat all night. He's caught nothing. And so yeah. the old life is not providing for him. And here's what I think. Don't forget this, because this is so cool. The irony of this moment is there's so many ironies throughout the story. But the irony of this moment is the very first time Jesus and Peter had an encounter. Yeah. Peter had been in a boat all night and he had mm-hmm. caught nothing. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, I'm dying to ask Peter questions about this night. Yeah. Um, and wondering as the sun came up and he is in that boat and he's caught nothing. I'm wondering if there's any, I mean, if he's having flashbacks a little here. To three years earlier. Yeah. Yeah. To these years earlier when he meets Jesus, because the Bible says that just as the sun's coming up, Jesus standing on the shore and he cries out to the disciples, hey, do you guys have fish? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the answer is no. no, we haven't caught anything. And exact same words as before. Yeah. Cast your net on the other side of the boat and you'll find some. And just as before, they flip their net to the other side. They're not able to haul the load in just like before. Yeah. Okay. And uh, John... Uh, Mm -hmm. says to Peter, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. So we're assuming that they're far enough out and maybe the mist is hanging, hanging, you know, that early morning mist Mm kind of hangs and you can see the shadows of people, but you really can't see their full face. You can't get their full identity. Um, Maybe that's a moment like that as just the the water, the mist is hanging over the water. But man, when when that net fills with fish, John immediately says, we've been here before. There's only one guy that does this. Yeah, it's the Lord. And Allie, the next part of the story is probably one of my favorite pieces to the story. It's just, well, it's pure Peter, number one. It's not even thinking. It's not even thinking. It's getting fully dressed and then jumping into the sea, which again is just not that's just all peter and i think all of us can relate at some point we've been there we've acted just so impulsively that we look back and say okay we could have stopped and thought through that a little bit better but yeah it just immediately threw himself into the sea you know to get to get to the shore to get to jesus and i it's beautiful it really is beautiful because i think so many times in our own contemplation our, in, our initial instinct is to run to Jesus. And then a lot of things tell us why we shouldn't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, hey, look, you know, that's not really cool. Don't, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he doesn't want to talk to you. Uh, yeah. You know, remember what you did. Remember what you said. Remember all this kind of stuff. So, you know, but Peter here, you're right. I mean, this yeah. is just so utter abandonment. Um, mm-hmm. He throws on his outer coat that he had laying in the boat. And just dives into the, the uh, to the sea and swims to shore, leaving so ironic because it makes <laughs> me laugh. Leaving these guys to haul in a net that can't be filled right. with, uh, you know, that can't hold all the fish. And um, so the other disciples, the Bible says, come in and they're dra- you know they're bringing in, dragging the net, um, and they get out on the land and they see that Jesus is already mm-hmm. sitting there with a fire built. And fish already laid out. Yeah. Now they um, haven't been fish all night. Yeah. Yeah. So they've <laughs> caught nothing. Jesus has got a catch laying there, frying yeah. on the on the on the uh, fire with bread. 
And Jesus tells them, hey, bring some of the fish that you've caught. Um, and 153 of them come on board, you know? Yeah. And it's, a, it's crazy. Jesus is like, all right, come on, have some breakfast. Yeah. And, and Peter, it's so funny because it doesn't, this is one of those things. And this is one of those details that I hadn't noticed before. I just assumed Peter's, Peter went to shore, got to Jesus. And then the first thing Jesus said is get me some fish. So Peter gets back on the boat and, and he does, he does the hauling. And it's one of those things that I think in this point, and I, again, we've all been there. It's like, I just need back in the fold or I need back in the good graces. And so I'm just going to run and do what I can and then jump. And he says, he says, jump. I say, how high he says, get fish. I'm going to get 153 fish for him, you know? And it's just, yeah. it's just so impulsive. And I think Jesus, Jesus knows it's going to happen. I think he's just waiting for that moment. All right. And then, you know, and then there's, there's going to come a, a conversation. Yeah, exactly. Right. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. As you describe it, Peter, at the command of Jesus, Peter hustles back to help his buddies out and bring the net in, and then comes and sits down around a fire. Of course, Peter's soaking wet. Um, yeah. But again, here's irony number two. So irony number one is that the way Jesus met Peter the first time and called him the first time is actually the exact same situation in which he's going to call him the second time. Yeah. Now we have irony number two is that the last time that Peter and Jesus locked okay. eyes yeah. at a fire was mm -hmm. probably the night that Peter denied Christ. Yeah, yeah. And so you're just wondering, you know, as they sit there and this fire crackles and Peter's drying out and he and Jesus are locking eyes, uh, if there is any, you know, if Peter's thinking, man, I remember that night yeah. so well. Yeah. I remember yeah. what I said. I remember what I did. Um, and, but what an incredible thing that, Jesus takes the bread and the fish um, and, and he gives it to them and he, they just eat breakfast. I, I just find right. this ironic uh, because I know for me, I'd be wanting to have a conversation. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. These, yeah. Jesus and mm -hmm. these guys, they're like, okay, boys, let's eat. Let's just eat. I think let's what's eat. interesting about your irony, that the, the point, the irony that you're pointing out is, is interesting. And if you look at it from, if you look at it from sometimes some of the way that we, that we minister um, to people who have, whether it's trauma or bad memories or something, Jesus in such a very grace filled way is yes. kind of reestablishing some memories. It's not that he's yeah. erasing what happened. But right. he's saying, okay, next time you think of a fire, it's going to be this way. It's yeah. not going to be, we're replacing or we're, yeah. we're adding new memories. And, and I think that's really important because um, for me, sometimes, you know, if you're, if you're alone in your thoughts, all of a sudden you think of something just embarrassing that you did. And you're just like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I did that. And sure. think about a hundred times worse. Think about, I can't believe Jesus saw me denying him at a fire. Yeah. And so this reestablishing of these, of these memories, whether it's about the fish or whether it's about where mm -hmm. he made him, he's bringing him to a point where he can look back and think, okay, it's, I think it's a healing moment a little bit, you know, if we're, if we're looking at it from a, you know, from a, a healing and an emotional standpoint, I think it's really important to bring that out. Um, because that's, I just, I just know that that would be something that I would need and I have needed Jesus to do for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, it is so important sometimes for us to have a new memory to replace an old, an old ghost. In other words, yeah. you know, sometimes we've got these ghosts that float around in our minds about things that happened in the past. 
And I just love how you put that because I think Jesus is, again, his kindness, mm, yeah. his love, his compassion for Peter, for these men that are with Peter um, as they sit around this fire and they eat this breakfast. And uh, I believe they laughed. I believe mm-hmm. they, you know, Peter, you know they, yeah. this was kind of like old times. How many times pre-cross had these men sat around fireside eating fish together breaking bread together, laughing and having these incredible, enjoyable conversations together. And then to have their world just totally smashed into oblivion by the cross. Mm -hmm. And then to have almost to have the paddles put to the heart and they are revived in the resurrection, you know, (laughs) and then here they sit and it's like old times. Yeah. Um, And there's just something wonderful about that. Uh, as these guys sit, but, but as they, you know, but then Jesus has a point and, and we mentioned this when we started the podcast, he always has, there's somewhere he's going with these conversations and, and in a very direct and appointed way, Jesus asked Peter, this very strong question, Mm -hmm. do you love me more than these? Now scholars have debated for years what these is. Right. And I think I've always thought that this conversation was Jesus and, 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 and Peter by, by themselves, you know, and the, and the the disciples are distracted, but this is a conversation publicly with the disciples, but in front, in front of the disciples, but just with Jesus. And yeah. And about the more than these, what is that? Yeah, we will. We would kind of say it has to be one of two things. It either Mm -hmm. has to be the fish yeah. Um, which would which would refer back to his old life of fishing and being a fisherman. And, and that was his mm-hmm. career. Um, or it could be the men that were sitting in front of him. Uh, these were the only two choices it would have to be. Do you love me yeah. more than you love these guys? Or do you love me more than you love this love fishing? Um, either way, um, I would tend to lean into the fish um, yeah. and the life of fishing um, mm-hmm. and you know, and it, it does seem to be this moment. Verse 20 tells us that Peter and Jesus are walking and Peter looks back to see John following them. So mm-hmm. it would appear that somewhere between this moment when yeah. they finish breakfast and the question gets asked that Peter and Jesus began to, to stroll at some mm-hmm. point. And yeah. I think that's probably why you would think, hey, I think didn't this okay. part of this conversation happened when they were alone. Mm-hmm. And I do think that probably there were peace, that there was some transition here because we get, they finish breakfast and then Peter and Jesus have this conversation. And then we get this idea that John is somehow strolling behind them. Right. Um, yeah. And which is very interesting. It's another really interesting moment in this story. But, you know, Jesus just looks at Peter and says, hey, do you, do you love me more than you love these? Then you love maybe fishing. Um, and Peter's response is, is no hesitation. He's like, Lord, you know that I love you. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so he says, all right, well then feed my lambs. You know, yeah. um, there's a call to do. But then he turns mm-hmm. around and there's no dialogue in between here in our Bible. So if there was dialogue that maybe, you know, John who wrote this, who was you know, he's either in the conversation or following closely behind the conversation. John would have overheard this conversation potentially. John puts no dialogue Nothing in here. Else. It's just second, second question, same yeah. as first. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure as we a little louder and a little worse, you know, <laughs> it's that it's that idea of okay, 
Now Jesus says again, hey, Simon, son of Jonah. So it's almost, you know, again, he's referring to his origin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Simon, son of Jonah. You know, this yeah. is your, your, your dad. This is back to your heritage. This is who you were. Hey, do you, do you love me? Um, and Peter says, Lord, you know, that same response. Yeah. yeah you know, I love uh, and Jesus just responds is the same, except slightly using slightly mm-hmm. different words yeah. and my sheep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then third time. Now this is our third irony. Yeah. We've got a boat. We've got a, a, a boat and the meeting is the same. We've got a fire that's similar. And now Peter denies three times. Right. And Jesus asks three questions. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it's one of those, uh, it's one of those things where it's not, you cannot replace the, the memory of what happened, but you can add a new memory and say, yeah, you denied me or you were in this situation, but I'm giving you the chance again to, mm-hmm. to come back and respond that the same, many, the same amount of times, um, three yeah. times. And, and then I'm going to yeah. give you a job to do. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, a Bible scholar that I read, I read after, um, strongly believes that Jesus, like you said, Allie, was maybe potentially sitting right at that fire with mm-hmm. Peter, and maybe they got up and started walking at a later point, but that they were sitting at that fire, and, and Peter's asking, Jesus is basically at the fire, asking him the same questions that that um, would would have counteracted mm-hmm. what he said earlier to the girl at the right. fire. Um, and of course, we don't know, um, yeah. but, here's what we, but here's what we do know. The irony of all this was not lost on Peter. And mm-hmm. Peter knew what God was asking him. And, you know, uh, we've made a big deal about, you know, agape and, and phileo and mm-hmm. which words Jesus used yeah. to love through the years. Um, but, you know, what? I think I think so simple. Jesus just says, hey, Peter, mm-hmm. are you do you still want to do this with me? Or do you still love me more than you love love fishing? Do right. you love me more than you and love who you were before? Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. are, are we, are we, are you still in this with me? And I think the ultimate, um, you're not out, Peter. Yeah. You know, you're not out. So mm-hmm. are, are you, do you still love me with this? And, you know, I think Peter finally, uh, just says to him, Lord, you know, yeah, you know that I love everything. You. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so Jesus makes this really, he says, feed my sheep, but then, um, he makes this odd statement. You know, when you were young, he says, you know, when you were young, Peter, you, you, you used to dress yourself and you walked wherever you wanted. And uh, when you're old, you'll stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. want to go. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, usually nobody tells you the bad news. Right. Uh, you know, but I think Jesus is wanting to say, look, Peter, here's the deal. If you follow get, me. I'm like- <laughs> It's going to get ugly. Yeah. There's going to right now you're young, maybe, and you've been able to do what you wanted to. And you, but listen, Peter, there's coming a day when you're going to, when you're old, that you're going to, this idea of stretch out your hands. It's Mm -hmm. almost that same picture of crucifixion, Crucifixion. that stretching out of your hands to be nailed to a cross and another will dress you and carry you where you don't want to go. Right. Um, and he said this to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Josephus tells us that Peter was crucified. Yeah. And that Josephus says that historians report that Peter did not want to be crucified like his Lord. And so he requested to be crucified upside down. 
Now, we don't know that to be, we're not sure that's 100% fact, but what we do know is that Peter, and actually Peter's wife, was also Mm -hmm. crucified for the cause Mm -hmm. of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus is kind of looking at Peter and saying, this is, if you don't want to do this, now's the time to say. Exactly, because he's given him, he's given him this job of tending and pastoring and shepherding. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the words when, when you read this in Spanish, for example, those mm-hmm. words, the feed uh, changes um, every time and every question. It's one time it's tend, one time it's shepherd. Um, and mm-hmm. so he's, he's saying there's a job to do and there's a job yeah. to do. And then at the end, and it's, it's going to get, it's just going to be harder and harder. And I think the love that comes in that he's saying, okay, it's not just about loving me it's going to have it there's going to be a sacrifice to it it's going to be it's going to be work it's going to be hard and then at the end before the glorifying god happens it's going to get ugly and and he said that's what what truly love it's going to cost your life and then the next phrase he says is follow me yeah you know and um i find it again so uh interesting in the conversation that peter turns and he sees john following behind them and so Peter's like, Lord, what's going to happen to him? I mean, yeah. if, I, you know, if bad things are going to happen to me, what's going to happen to this Please guy? Please tell me he gets boiled in oil or something. You, you know, know what? Yeah. I mean, you know, what's happening to. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going to happen to us? Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and he says, you know, what will, what will happen? And he says, look, Jesus says, you know what? It's, it's really not in your business, Peter, what happens mm, to John. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, if my will will happen to John. My will will happen to you. Uh, you know, if it's my, I love Jesus says, look, Peter, if it, if it's my will that he remains until I return again, what is that to you? Yeah. It's almost like, look, this is not a decision you make based on what John's going to go through. Yes. yes. This has got to be your own call. And, um, man, again, so sweet, so kind, but, but so direct. direct. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just because, again, you have to remember this is teacher student. And sometimes mm. there's sometimes that you have to take that student. Jesus had to take his students way farther than what they wanted to go. Sure. Um, he could have ended, he could have, they could have ended the conversation with, okay, feed my sheep. You've got your job. Do it. But he knows Peter, and he knows that Peter's going to have more questions, and Peter's going to have more failings. We see um, Peter's going to have more um, uh, trouble. But at the end, Jesus is saying it doesn't matter as long as it's me and you, and focus um, focus on on what what I've given you to do. And and the job that Peter has to do, and the job that Peter is given, is a huge. Um, it's a huge privilege. It's a huge responsibility. Yeah. Um, but Jesus needed to take him there to that moment again to replace the men- memories of, and I, and I do feel like it was, it was a public, Jesus was allowing him to publicly profess his love in a very strong way to, and to be able to say, and to see that mm-hmm. the other disciples are listening to Jesus yeah. understand, okay, because they've got to follow him later on. They've got, they've got, they do. And Jesus knows that. And that's such a, that's such a kind and gracious way to say, you're not on the sidelines. We've got to do it. It's a huge job and, and, and move forward. And I think what we've talked about these conversations before, we've talked about these times where, where God has, has brought you to a point where you have to understand who he is, hear that voice, whether it's a still small voice or whether it's a conversation. And then because you have to step out and there's another job to do. 
And that was, yeah. follow me. It doesn't matter what happens to John. It doesn't matter what happens to all these people. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting that John's like, okay, so there were rumors out there that, you know, that this disciple wasn't, it's just, it's just interesting because this is why I think it's such a classroom moment, a teacher classroom moment, because the teacher's like, I, not what I said. You know, when you look in, mm -hmm. um, in verse 23, and so there was this rumor that John wasn't going to die, but that's not what Jesus said, you know? And so yeah. he's just coming back to saying, it, whatever my will is, you need to do it. You need to follow me. And, and that's the bottom line. Yeah. And, you know, I think Jesus also knew that, man, this had been a close knit group of guys mm -hmm. for, for three, three and a half years now up to this point. And now Jesus knew that the dynamic was getting ready to shift and change as, mm -hmm. as these guys would still be in contact with each other, but it wasn't going to be the same anymore. They were going to, they were going to be uh, split out and they were going to be going scattering and going in different directions. Um, and one of the things that I think that is so powerful about this moment, and, it, and, it, and it's really so applicable. I think we turn all of these Biblical application is this is Peter's story. Now, what can I learn from Peter's story? Yeah. And how do these ironies sit in my own heart and in my own life at times? Because I think we can all relate to the fact that all of us have have done things that we so regretted and that we knew broke the heart of God. Yeah. You know, and um, then to step into that and see that God not only forgives, he cares. He commissions again, you know, recommissions Restores. Peter. Life is not over. It yeah. is not done with. And he put them And Ironically, you said it so well. Peter was going right back into leadership, unlike, in fact, higher leadership than anything he had experienced so far. Right. Yeah. And honestly, if this had been a bunch of, you know, if this had been a bunch of deacons at the Baptist church, <laughs> Peter would have been done. out. He would have been out for 15 right. years until he paid penance and came back and then he would might be allowed to, you know, take uh, up the offering or something, take up the offering yeah. or, or work at the sound booth, right. you know, yeah. but not Jesus. Jesus yeah. is like, you know what, Peter, I, you know what we, it's good. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's go. And, and what we find is that just in a few short weeks, we're going to find Peter standing in front of a crowd of thousands. He's going to be proclaiming the word of God with boldness he is going to be speaking and teaching as the Holy Spirit has come upon him and is working through his life. Thousands of people are going to come to Christ. Right. The gospel is going to then just split from there and go into all parts of the world, as Jesus said it would. Mm -hmm. and, and God is going to use Peter to build his church, mm -hmm. just as he told, predicted that he would. And I just think it's so important to remind us all that it's the same Jesus that mm -hmm. we serve. It's the same Holy Spirit that empowers us. Right. And I don't know what people are listening today with, Allie, and maybe they're thinking, but I did this, but I've been told that I'm no good anymore. I've been told I can't serve Jesus I've anymore. I've been told this. I've been sidelined. I've been mm -hmm. this and that. And man, I just, I just think this is so amazing that Je I've been Jesus- I've told to go back to your day job. <laughs> yeah. But Jesus is speaking and he says, no, 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 no. Are you ready to serve me? Well, if you're ready to serve me, let's get back in this thing. And yeah. man, I just think this is the heart of God for his people. And so, man, maybe you're listening today and you've been thought, you thought you were sidelined. Mm -hmm. And you need to grab a hold of this passage yeah. and really, you know, hear the words of Jesus. Hey, are you willing to follow me? And mm -hmm. even if that means hard things, tough things. 
Um, and if you are, even if no one else follows, even if yeah. not, you don't need a club to do this, we don't need a group to do this. Um, but can you, would you do it alone? Mm-hmm. What a cool thing. And I think some of yeah. us today need to just step up and say, you know what? Absolutely. I'm back in. Yeah, they need to have a quiet moment and just start with this passage because Jesus and I feel like I feel like in our prayers and um, there are times when I do I do hear, you know, in my spirit, Jesus saying, do you really love me? Yeah. And I have to go. And this is such a beautiful conversation to say, yes, yes, but I know I need to I need to follow you and, and then go back to those steps of obedience, because I think sometimes we can get busy fishing or we can get busy, you know, doing whatever we're supposed to be doing. But yet Jesus is saying, no, it's, it needs to be a little bit, it needs to be deeper and it needs to be with, with love. And, and, and I, I found myself in that moment thinking, you know, I don't love Jesus like I should, you know, I don't love Jesus more than whatever's around me, more than my ministry even. And, and that's, that's something that you, you do, you have to admit, or I don't love Jesus more than my family or, you know, and, and go back to Mm -hmm. in prayer, go back to that moment and say, Lord, I, yes, I I need you. I need to follow you. I need to, let's have this conversation. And then, and, and the, and that, that obedience to go back into, yeah, you have a job to do and you're not sidelined and you are valuable to him for just for who you are. Yeah. And I think so many times it's easy to say, yeah, Lord, I love you. Mm -hmm. And, but yet if I'm sitting in disobedience, if I'm walking in disobedience, then the truth is that there may be some love there, Mm -hmm. but that love is not the kind of love that Jesus is speaking of. It's not the kind of follow me kind of love. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's not, Uh, it may be, uh, you know, I have an affection for you, um, you know, I think you're kind of cool. Um, stay, stay close in case I need you kind of love. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I think uh, I, I love, uh, I love Kyle Ottoman's book um, that speaks about this. And, and he refers to it as a fan, you know, as some people are fans of Jesus, you know, um, and Jesus doesn't need fans. He needs followers. Right. And I think that so many times it's easy for us to be a fan. We go to church, we cheer, we clap, and yet we're not willing to follow. And, um, and I think that's really kind of where we, where we sit. And this was the heart. Jesus didn't need Peter to be a fan from the boat. He needed him to actually be willing to step in and do hard things. Yeah. Um, and honestly, he I, was, all, yeah, he no, was giving, ahead. but he was, he was go he was giving him back that strength, because I feel like there were times when Peter was like, yeah, I can do this. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to cut off somebody's ear. I'm going to, I'm going to declare your name from that. And, you know, and, and Jesus is giving him, he's like, I know you think you can, and I'm, but I'm going to give you the power to do so because that's, you know, that's the last thing he ever says, you know, all power is given to me. And so, you know, and you hear this in Matthew, therefore, um, and lo, I'm with you always. So I'm not, I'm not asking you to do this alone. I'm not asking you to step out mm-hmm. alone. I'm asking you that if you love me enough to follow me and I will empower you to, mm-hmm. to be restored, I will empower, uh, you know, empower mm-hmm. that your restoration, as well as your, 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 your work, your following your obedience. Absolutely. And, and I think the days are coming harder and harder for us to be followers mm-hmm. of Christ. Yeah. Um, at least I know in the U.S. and especially in the southern part of the U.S. where I live uh, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, 
being a Jesus follower historically has not been a thing that has caused me a whole lot of grief. I mean, you know, I don't get persecuted for going to church or for following Jesus or for using talking about Jesus. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but I believe I'm watching, we're watching that dynamic drastically change. uh, And in a, in a culture that used to be um, Christianized in so Mm -hmm. many ways, it's no longer that way. And so I think it's going to become harder and harder for us to be followers of Jesus Christ. Um, And so now's the time. I think now's Now's the time for us all to say, okay, are we serious about this? You know, um, and uh, and are we ready to are we ready to follow Jesus regardless of the cost? So um, great Jesus conversation, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. such a phenomenal conversation with Peter. Um, And so I would encourage you, you know, if you've been kind of following us along with these conversations, what I would encourage you to do is go through the Gospels and you can you can just take your time. And when you run into a conversation that Jesus is having in the Gospels, just kind of stop, grab a journal. And what are you learning from this conversation? What is Jesus Mm -hmm. saying? What's this person saying? Um, What do we know about what's the background of the story? Um, And it's phenomenal with lessons that we can learn from these conversations that Jesus had with people. And man, yeah. this has been so good to walk through so many of these. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it greatly. And again, like, like Reva said, go back to these conversations and maybe put yourself in, in the shoes of, of, of who he's talking to and, and mm-hmm. think about, okay, what is there rebellion there? Is that mirrored in my own life? Is there, mm-hmm. you know, is there maybe with like the Samaritan woman, am I combative? Am I defensive? Am I holding mm-hmm. on to an old system? And, and Jesus is going to cut through that. And that's what the word of God does every single time. It really does. And, you know, I would, I would challenge you. Um, I remember one time I was reading through this passage and I felt so um, compelled that, that just to maybe I pulled up a chair and I just tried to imagine me and Jesus sitting at a mm. fire. And my question in my mind was, what would, if Jesus was sitting here with me today, what would he say to me? Yeah. What conversation would he want to have with me? And I just try to sit there in stillness and say, Lord, mm-hmm. let's talk. And yeah. I think that's, that might be a challenge for some of you um, just to maybe pull up a chair in a private, private moment and just say, Lord, let's talk. Yeah. And what is it that you want to say to me? What do I need to hear from you? Knowing that you're going to receive it as Jesus always gives it and, and wrapped in kindness and love. And mm-hmm. yet I promise you, he's typically direct and <laughs> he's pointed uh, and he doesn't mince a lot of words, but he does get down to the real heart of where we're at. And that's actually what, what mm-hmm. we all need. And you, know? you should come and you should come away changed. You should, you should come away changed. You should come away changed and excited about what it looks like to, to follow Jesus. So boy, um, great conversations. Uh, I think Allie, maybe, maybe we should revisit this topic at some, at yeah. some point. This has been so much fun to uh, move through some of these Jesus conversations. But if you enjoyed this podcast and this series, let us know, maybe you missed a few. So go back, listen to those earlier uh, podcasts. Uh, we would encourage you share, share the information on the podcast with your friends, let people know mm-hmm. uh, that you're enjoying it and uh, introduce it. Maybe some, some of your friends, we would love to have more people join us as we just talk about these things in life that root us deep. And therefore Jesus says not the things that root you deep are the things that make you successful in life. And right. so that really is what we're, we're looking to do. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks for being a part of the podcast. And uh, we will talk to you again next time on Rooted Deep. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, 
go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.